0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: England versus India.
2: The Cricket Badger Test Match Daily Podcast. Can Joe Roots England dominate on home soil? Five mouth-watering test matches. Can Virat Kohli's India conquer the final frontier? Loving to talk test cricket every day. Hello, everybody. When we were talking to you yesterday, we were full of the joys of spring because India had just won at Lord's and, uh, well, we have had a day to, well, an evening to sleep on it, looking back at what was a fantastic test match. Absolutely brilliant. I thoroughly enjoyed those five days from London and to help me talk about all things the second test and maybe have a little bit of a look forward to the third test match as well. I'm joined by Neil Naman and Ash. Ash, we've not had you on this before. Welcome.
3: Thanks for having me. Um, Different to actually be able to see everyone and not just speak to each other like we had. But obviously the India series, very nice.
2: But how did you see, I mean, I, I know you've been a little bit busy, and you've been listening to it rather than watching it, but from an English perspective, before we get to our two Indian fan badges, who I'm sure can't wait to uh, crow about their success, <laughs> how, how did you see it from an English perspective?
3: Thursday had me worried. I wondered if we'd maybe made the wrong decision at the toss. Did well, though. The next three days thought we were in a good position. I didn't, still didn't think it was guaranteed we'd win by any stretch of the imagination. And up to probably at half an hour in yesterday, I was delighted. I was thinking, "This is, wow, we've, we've actually found a good performance. We're actually clicking as a team a little bit. This is quite worrying, if anything. And- as soon
2: as you start to believe, Ash, that's when it comes <laughs> back to bite you. Let's go to our, our two Indian fan badges then. <laughs> Neil, um, I'll bring that man in for his debut on this as well. Anybody that's listened to the uh, Cricket Badger podcast will know <clears throat> that man already. But Neil, the um, victory yesterday was terrific, wasn't it? Um, India winning at the home of cricket, getting ahead in the series. A terrific performance on day five.
1: It was absolutely superb. Um, although I do think that England let us back into it a lot once that um, that mistake was made in the second half of the first session, uh, and the door was opened slightly. The bowlers kicked it down and and rushed through. Um, I thought it was absolutely superb after the first half hour, 45 minutes, um, where England were were excellent. After that, India got a
2: sniff and didn't let go. Did do you think that England got carried away with the Jasprit-Jimmy situation, tried to stick it up Jasprit's nose and, and forgot what they're actually supposed to be out there to do? It was very, very strange.
1: I mean, we're talking about, you know, the second most experienced Test player of all time here. Someone who's just come off a... Uh, A series against Neil Wagner, whose stock ball is in his own half. It confused me. It really, really confused me that people of such experience went after a personal vendetta at the expense um, of the team's goal of winning the Test match. And then even beyond the short ball theory, which I thought was a bad idea when you're uh, up against tail enders, people who history says can't bat, just aim... At the stumps, try bold bowl them, try and nick them off, play the same way that you have against the best players. But the field
2: settings, what was, it, what uh, was that the about? Thing is, the thing is, Neil, a good ball against Virat Kohli is a good ball against Jaspit Bummer, isn't it? The guy averages three in Test cricket. You put six men back on the fence and you're treating him like a batsman and all of a sudden he starts to bat like Brian Lara. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, it wasn't just a batsman. It, it's like he was, he was Don Bradman. I mean, Jasper Bumrah is not gonna hurt you if you bowl that, that, conventionally. that might be a little bit of a stretch now. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it was it was that level of fear. He's not someone who's gonna get caught on on the boundary most of the time. It's it's gonna be very much um getting bowled um or nicking off to the keeper or the slips. Just bowl conventionally. He won't be able to handle it. The whole period was weird, especially from people as experienced as root and anderson and someone who generally has a cool head in root so yeah very very strange and that definitely turned it because india at the start of the day had a total which maybe could have been defended um you know with a good tailwind add another 50 and we're probably looking 50 50 at 200 but then you get 220 230 targets and it just keeps tilting and you give additional confidence to bowlers who have already been uh, having a few verbals and are up for a fight and they're not like the India of old they they won't back down Uh, there was an article by Lawrence Booth um, this morning that said uh, India in the old days would be expected to take the abuse and smile back but that is not Virat Kohli's way he will fight fire with fire Um, And as Lawrence put it, there was a certain colonial condescension in that's the way that India uh, would be expected to behave by older England and Australian teams. Virat is basically an Australian and an Indian skin. He grew up with the 2000 ponting. Australia, he will, that, he will that, go if back if
2: at you the, If you're watching Virat, I'm really sorry about that. He didn't mean it. <laughs> but
1: he's got that mindset, hasn't he? He's got a Ponting-era Australian mindset where he will go back at you with the way that he plays with his words as
2: well. Fine with that, Neil, as well. I mean, I, I, I did a tweet this morning. There's a the lovely little video um, of Virat giving his little team talk on the edge of the Lord's outfield just ahead of, England starting their second innings, uh, and we all know what happened next. He was basically looking around his circle in this huddle, and he was saying to them, um, we kind of effectively, we're, we're taking this seriously. I don't want to see anybody laughing and joking out there, otherwise, you know what you're going to get. We're going to give them 60 overs of hell. Let's get into them. And the intensity that in India showed, let's go, let's move on to Naman because he, he sat there for ages. The intensity. India showed Naman with the ball through what was supposed to be 60 overs. Really never let England settle, did they? There was periods in that England innings where you started thinking, Has just got the kind of the overs are ticking down? Have they got, are they getting towards the end? But every time you started thinking that, Siraj or suddenly went bang bang and took a couple of wickets and England were right back in the mire again. And uh, To be
0: honest, I wasn't surprised with this intensity. Uh, this was uh, always going to come up. Seeing the performance of India in, in Australia, uh, the bowl had shown this kind of intensity over there also. So end of the day what Ravi Shastri means is uh, taking those 20 wickets uh, because mm-hmm. what you will see overseas also not the, only in India it is the bowlers who are winning for, for India it's not only the batsmen. So overall I am totally not surprised but what I felt is that Bumrah and Shami's innings somewhere took over uh, the England's mindset and somewhere they were like in two minds, whether to chase, whether to draw, whether we can, what we need to do this. Because somewhere they were up for the win and getting Rishabh Pant in the first five or six overs. And then looking at this performance, I felt that somewhere it hit their minds and they were hurt, badly hurt with the, that first uh, innings itself. And it showed in their batting performance. And to be honest, I always feel that 150 is also a hard score to chase uh, on the yep. fifth day. Yep. and. Uh, I don't know why no one is discussing on this, but I was very surprised why Root opted to bowl first on the first day. Uh, looking at their batting lineup, he's the one. Oh, trust, one trust who...
2: me, Naman. Trust me, Naman. In England, a lot of people were talking about that. Um, but Vera Kohli said he did the same thing, Neil, didn't he?
0: Yeah,
1: uh, it's that it's that thing where people come out and say, as well as looking down, you got to look up. And it was uh, there was low cloud; it was gloomy that um, that first day. But the forecast was all that. You know, maybe the mornings would be like that, but it burned through. On balance, I would have batted first. The actual bowling performance um, from England on uh, on day one was was mostly good. Possibly they could have made Sharma and Raul play a bit more, but otherwise they got a lot of movement. Uh, yeah. It took extreme skill to, you know, two seventy for three doesn't tell the story of of that day. And let's be fair there was some turn in one particular spot for for the left-handers but it wasn't otherwise it, it wasn't massive the pitch didn't deteriorate that much i don't think so i'd say 50 50 about whether it was the right right thing to do or
2: not so it's only the right thing to do if you end up winning isn't it and that, you yeah, know, otherwise you get judged even if it is the right decision if you end up losing it's not the right decision England's fans sometimes including myself get a little bit aerated with Virat Kohli's um, kind of heart on your sleeve stuff we heard Neil there talking about um, the, the Indians kind of like fighting fire with fire a little bit Siraj's kind of celebrations as well I don't mind it. I I love the theatre that that kind of brings, you know, two gladiators almost, like staring each other in the eyes and taking each other on. As long as it doesn't go too far. Siraj, to a degree, went a little bit over the line, I think, when he was kind of eyeballing Ollie Robinson and squaring up to people. And he, he gets a little bit, Kind of like that, and sticks his chest out and gets a little bit angry looking. But otherwise than that, I I, I actually love Virat Kohli is probably my favourite player in the world in world cricket. I get slated on Twitter whenever I um, question his captaincy. Whenever I say, well, he shouldn't have done that with the umpire, I get so many notifications saying that I'm I'm basically the worst person in the world. In worst words, I think I I just love the way he's leading that team. He, he's he's really basically prepared to go through a brick wall and the rest of them are following him?
3: Yeah, I think he's he's obviously a natural leader. I think it's really it really helps. He is obviously clearly a good leader. I think he gets a little bit too in the umpire's face sometimes. And as you say, Siraj maybe needed to pick his fight a little bit better, I think picking Robinson the size of him. <laughs> but the, the way he leads a team is something that maybe England lack um, and something that maybe they lack when they haven't got someone like Ben Stokes, someone who's a bit more fiery and a bit more sort of up and at them and in the face. And I guess almost Stuart Broad as well, another one like that, who England may be missed.
2: Neil, that's the same kind of question to you. Virat expects high standards. He expects high standards physically, he expects high standards professionally, um, he expects high standards in the field, and he's very... I mean, I said yesterday on the podcast that at the end of a day in the field, Virat must be exhausted because he's up after every single ball. He's punching the air after half of them. He's down in the dumps after the other half. But he gives it everything, doesn't he?
1: He will not leave for leave anything on the pitch which is the way that it should be really uh i was having an argument on twitter with someone about virat's behavior and I, I think i said that you know as long as the abuse and stuff doesn't go over the top i'm not um i'm not offended by how expressive virat is about it i prefer it that way than uh the way that some other players um are where you know stuff doesn't get picked up on stump mics but Let's say Anderson and Butler, you could clearly see that stuff was going back and forth with those two, but they never get done in the media.
2: I called Joss Butler a bit of a weasel yesterday because it, it's, not, it's not in your face kind of hostility or, or sledging, is it? That's obvious. He kind of like skulks past somebody and whispers something in their ear behind, behind the back kind of thing. She's a little bit, I don't know, it feels a little bit more underhand. It's probably no worse or better. I don't know, but it just feels a little bit more underhand. Yeah,
1: and and the fact that, you know, those people don't get called up on it in the same way that Virat or Ben St- Stokes or Kigiso Rabada do. I mean, the only time Joss has really had to face up to what he said is when he got caught fat-shaming Vernon Philander on the stump mic. And that's because the Sappers are very quick to raise those stump mics if there's uh, anything untoward going about. But I I much prefer the the Stokes uh, or or Coley not trying to hide anything. I will fight my corner any day of the week way. Um, I think that's that's certainly a more honest way to uh, to go about how you want the game played
0: my name is jacob and i sent the badger a message and now i'm on the podcast with this jingle if you would like to get in touch with the cricket badger podcast then tweet at cricket underscore badger
2: got Claire on, she's watching, you can contact us and send your comments in on whatever platform you're on if you've got any questions or any comments or whatever on the second test match. Claire's basically saying Naman knows that's what she finishes her um, little uh, conversation (laughs) with, Naman knows Naman knows everything, Naman Shah, he's our regular from, uh, you're in Mumbai still Naman? Yes I'm in Mumbai And uh, we've got another message here which and it's great to get this one, Yasanth Narain, who uh, sent a few um, tweets in during our podcasts in the uh, India-England series in the winter and Yasenth has been in touch. He says, uh, guys, if you remember me sending an email to you about the pitch, nice to see you in person. What was reason for India having bad record against New Zealand and what has been the change, he says. He also says, I think we do see Virat taking rest in the middle and Ajinkya, handling them i think it wasn't the case earlier so better exchange of ideas is happening could it be the case now man that's a good point actually about virat coley because you know as you know I've, I've kind of been critical of virat at times with his captaincy so i still think he follows the ball a little bit too much there was a, a period in this test match where he had first, second and fourth slip and the ball went through third slip you look back he got a third slip and not a second slip the ball went through second slip and he does kind of like fill gaps that have just been hit but I think he's brilliant. And there is that little my um, sort of brains trust in Team India isn't there with kind of Boomer leading the bowling lineup, you've got Jinki Rahani in there you got Rohit there at Slip alongside him he listens doesn't he?
0: Obviously and I feel that uh, this has been brought up uh, from Dhoni's captaincy even Dhoni used to do that uh, he used to give this privilege to the senior bowlers you would have seen Nehra in the D20s giving advices to the young bowlers so this is the thing which he has learned from MSD and I'm not uh, uh, quite a bit surprised on what uh, Uh, Is going on and yes uh, even Rohit Sharma he was asking too many uh, things uh, and he was taking his leads too so uh, it's not that Kohli is the captain and only he's going to make decisions so it's good to see such environments and everyone pitching in with uh, whatever knowledge they can bring in uh, during this uh, crunch situation so it's not at all uh, uh, bad
2: uh, uh, seeing this. What we're talking about there with Virat Kohli and the exchange of ideas, Joe Root seemed to front up to the press yesterday in the media and effectively take Take everything on his own shoulders he's got experience around him too he's got Chris Silverwood in that dressing room there's plenty of coaches there that have got experience of captaining sides surely there should be some kind of exchange of ideas in terms of tactics in Team England
3: Silverwood needs to take a little bit of sort of ownership over the tactics and Jimmy Anderson he's such an experienced player why on earth was he bowling bouncers at Jasper Bumrah? just an utterly utterly bizarre moment to watch because yes Ruta's captain should be saying this is the tactic and that isn't the tactic we should be going with, but Hmm. the fact that Jimmy Anderson at 39 with however many test matches and wickets behind him isn't there saying, you know what, actually Joe, we're getting this wrong, worries me quite a bit, I must say.
2: And and I also felt as well that hanging out to dry is probably the wrong phrase, but where were the other experienced men after the game there. Jerry was doing all of the media that I saw on his own saying, I've got to take responsibility for those bad tactics and, and what have you. Maybe he said that, maybe he took that on. He was being the leader and he was trying to take all that himself. But I'd like to see some of the other players actually saying, well, this was our fault too. It's not all about him. I mean, the bloke's basically scored 180 and 33. He's been out there pretty much all the way through the test match. He stands at a slip. He has to concentrate on every single ball and captain every single ball. He needs a bit of help, doesn't he?
1: Yes and no. Um, I think it's right that he does stand up and say that it was his responsibility because in the end, that sort of one hour post-drinks period where England really lost the game, Silverwood can't really do much until Joe comes off the field um, in that time. But yeah, Jimmy has got 160 tests behind him. He should be able to go up to Joe and say, this is the wrong uh, tactic for these guys can't have an hour long period of trying to bounce out tail enders without someone being able to, uh, to say it. The thing that I reckon well, about I mean, everybody, this is,
2: everybody watching Everybody watching could see it wasn't working. So how come somebody on that pitch couldn't see? I think the problem is within this England team, uh,
1: excluding Stokes as he's not playing, um, I think you've got Jimmy and you've got Ollie Robinson who yep. have got their places guaranteed by their own performance you got Rory Burns, who's got his place guaranteed by his competency in every other opener's failure. And this is a place where I don't think that if you get on the wrong side of Joe, then you lose your test place. But if you get on the right side of Joe and you're one of his mates, then we've seen with Josh Butler when he was underperforming even more than usual. Then Joe was talking about what he brings as, uh, as part of the leadership group and it, the stuff in the dressing room that uh, warrants his place in this team. When um, being in the test squad um, or being in the test team can mean three quarters of a million pounds a year. At the moment, I think uh, England in both forms of the game, or both uh, red and white ball, are places where you don't want to um, get on the wrong side of the captain because it has got very cliquey. So Jimmy aside, Ollie Robinson's very young, so his performance is demanding to stay in. But if he drops off suddenly, it's only three tests where he's done well. Jimmy aside, who who can afford to uh, to gamble three quarters of a mil on telling Joe that he's getting things wrong?
2: That's a fair point. There there is an element of clickiness inside the the, the dressing room, I think, as well. The coaching staff, great players. They all played for England. They've all achieved a lot and in their own right have a lot to tell people as well. But it does seem to be quite pally, I think, at times. And that, that, that may be completely unfounded. I don't know what the... I've never been into the England dressing room in the last year to find out if that's true or not.
0: You are listening to the Cricket Badger Podcast.
2: Before we move on, I did my team for the third Test match. Rory Burns, Hassi Pamida's openers, David Milan coming in at number three, Joe Root as captain... Rock, not rocket science. Um, James Vince would be my number five. Um, Johnny Bairstow to take the gloves at number six. I'd have Mo and Ali at seven. Chris Wopes coming back in because I think he's available for the third test match at number eight. Ollie Robinson, Saki Mahmood and Jimmy Anderson making up the seam attack. As soon as uh, there is a person on Twitter, which I won't name, who basically every time I drop um, Josh Butler from a team gives me absolute grief. He he basically blocked me last year. He's then unblocked me today so he could pop into my direct message is to abuse me and then has blocked me again since so I can't even abuse him back so that's Twitter for you but Namanda, from an Indian perspective you want to see changes to this England side I mean obviously say from an Indian perspective from a neutral perspective can you see the need for changes in this England side
0: to be honest uh, what I am seeing right now is just the temporary replacements uh, like I'm not seeing the hunger uh, from the youngsters getting an opportunity in the absence of players like Broad or maybe Stokes or maybe Archer or you just cannot bring in someone for two matches and so now he's not playing, send him back to Vitality uh, Blast or maybe the 100 and then uh, just like I mentioned in the uh, chat also yesterday, just because Mohin Ali hit uh, three sixes, uh, you just cannot bring him for the current form. You have to create a pool of 20 players and work for Work with them for next two years. So these are the white ball cricketers and these are the red ball. You, no one is questioning Root. He is not playing 20 uh, T20s. No one has still objected on that. He is the uh, terrific run scorer and I don't think so he's not going to succeed at all at that uh, T20 level. Uh, if Joe Root plays uh, T20 World Cup I wouldn't be surprised but as you have mentioned Butler is not mentioned in your team. Uh, people are pouncing on you but till date these guys are not questioning uh, Joe Root from T20. So what I feel is, uh,
2: yeah. I am the last person in the world to want a Jay Butler off the back of an England Test shirt. I've wanted that all of my life. Um, and he is carrying my name on the back of his, his shirt. I want him to succeed. But so far in this Test series, his bat is coming down at an angle. He's got a massive gait. And he was only good when he was just trying to cling on yesterday rather than actually bat properly. He's not playing very well at the moment. And I don't think anybody, whether you're a Joss Butler fan or not, and I am, can suggest that Josh Butler looks like a Test player in this series against India. I have have a theory about last year when they were in a bio bubble then they were concentrating on the red ball and all he did all summer was play test cricket he got himself sorted out in, in test cricket and he got into that mindset and he knew his role a little bit more as soon as you make his season a little bit stripey and it's red then white then red then white his mind gets scrambled and then he gets back he, he can he can go back into one day cricket and he can play one day cricket and get to top speed almost straight away test cricket's tougher you need to be more technically sound and the transition back into Red Bull for me, for Joss Butler, is a struggle. And I think, I, I don't know how you can actually say it's not because the proof is there back to india how big a win naman was that yesterday is it the biggest win overseas ever by an indian test side
0: uh, i would always uh, place gabba ahead of lords but uh yes it was indeed a great win uh, to take 10 wickets inside 60 overs in the Lords against england is just a major achievement and uh all the intensity, the bowlers uh, chipping in. Uh, whether it is Siraj, Ishan, hundred percent, it was uh, one of the best win for India. And uh, no, everyone thought that uh, either it is a draw or maybe England. But uh, nobody gave India a chance after that crucial partnership between Bumrah and uh, Shami. Uh, it was no looking back. But to be honest, the words you have mentioned for Butler, I would mention the same for Mohin Ali I have a soft corner you can say for Bess as well as Leach I feel that the number of runs which Moin will score, maybe he will take lesser balls Bess I feel is a good batsman for Test cricket, he scores well also And he is a proper spinner, I don't think so Mohin Ali as well as Butler are suited
2: for... Our just, you're, you're, you're just trying to sabotage this test team. Uh, <laughs> no, man. I don't think even Don Best would put himself in the same category of batting as Moen. Ash has left us, by the way, um, if you've been watching up from the start. because Somehow, Ash's technology has just completely failed him. Um, so we've we've got rid of him after this chat. But he's joined us on the chat on the um, on, on my message board in front of me now to say very, very sorry everybody. Um, He's enjoying the chat now from watching it and he thinks I'm right about just Butler. So uh, we do agree on something. We're very, very opposed to each other in terms of our views on the 100 though, myself and Ash. Ash is a big, he, he's got really into the 100. I haven't. And the reason that there is no Red Bull County Championship cricket being played underneath this test series at the moment is because everybody's playing in crisp packets and hitting the ball as far as they can against the white ball and not at all bothered about test cricket and the ecb needs to kind of get its uh priorities in order in my opinion y- um yassanth's been back on um good to have you on watching yassanth and stick with us uh, as everybody else he says he thinks Josh butler should try to play a little bit more like Rishabh pant he can try to stay um try to play his innovative strokes and focus on small impacts and create fear instead of defending now i agree with that um neil because what i think is that <laughs> Joss never quite works out how he's going to tackle the test innings. I think yesterday, it was obvious how he had to tackle it. He only had one thing in his mind. That was that was survive. Whereas, generally speaking, he's never quite sure whether he should attack, should defend. I think if, if Joss Butler plays test cricket, he goes in at number seven, and he goes in like Richard Pant, and he goes, you know, blast off. That is, that's definitely the idea. That's always been the idea. Well, nobody's ever Joss, told Joss Butler this, have they? Well, to be fair to Joss. When has he ever done it? But he hasn't been able to.
1: You can; It's very easy playing like Adam Gilchrist if the top six have gone and scored 400 already. True. England uh, rarely score. Wasn't this match like the second time all year that England have scored over 300?
2: That's, the, that's um, one of the other ironies of this test defeat, isn't it? That they actually managed to put a 1st innings score on the board. Yeah, I mean,
1: Josh, I, I'm against Joss Butler in the test team um, because I don't think he'd done um, the work to deserve his callback. Initially, I don't think he'd played well enough after called up to retain his, his spot, but he came in for a specific thing. Initially, as a specialist, number uh, number seven bats to either counter-attack when the team's doing badly or to build on a platform. And at the same time, Adil Rashid got brought back in to um, try replicate his form. But England never put the runs on the board to allow either of them to bat or bowl in the manner that they were brought in to do. Um, Joss does
2: have that lack lack of clarity completely. I I remember, though, Neil, with Gilchrist, and let's face it, Gilchrist is... Probably the best, unicorn. best batsman of all time, isn't he? So yeah. it's hard. It's like saying to a leg spinner go out there and bowl like Shane Warne, isn't it? But with Gil, I can remember England in a few Ashes tests, a few, um, had Australia say eighty-three for five or you know, hundred and ten for five or something like that. And you're starting to think this actually they might actually win this match. Um, because it wasn't very really, it was very rare at the time. But so you look back two hours later. And Gilchrist would be 143 not out, and they'd they'd have over 300 on the board because he'd he'd bail them out with an attacking counter-attacking innings. That, that was 2013, just, just, wasn't it? Joss doesn't even do that.
1: that. That was 2013, wasn't it? Brad had in every single match um, when they were about five down. Yeah. Suddenly came out and rescued them, and uh, then Mitchell Johnson came in and
2: and cleaned up. Yeah, yeah but the way Gilchrist played though, and the way with the way Pant plays, if India are in trouble, Pant won't play any differently, will he? He will come in, and he, I mean, he might he might face a couple of balls before he he, he hits a, an attacking shot rather than one, but he, he he does still go at the ball. He does, but
1: I think um, he's he's certainly better now in that he's more judicious about when he's going to go uh to go after I don't, i'm not
2: saying I, you, you say he's better now i'm not actually saying it's a bad thing i think rishabh Pant is brilliant he's one of he's incredible to watch as soon as he walks to the middle you know you're going to get entertainment and yeah he, he, he uh, can make a difference and gilchrist in a in a in a back backs against the wall situation punched himself out of trouble when he had 400 for for three um, for five on the board when he walked in he made it 600 quickly
1: yeah, I think Pant does go for his shots, but we saw it was either in the second innings or the first. I think it was definitely this match where he charged down down the wickets at yeah. I think it was at Mark Wood yeah, and then defended it from about halfway down. It, so he's he's been a lot cleverer about it. I think also he one he's usually got a bit of a platform, but two he's got Jadeja behind him who's averaging fifty over the last two three years. That's backup. That um, helps is me. something that yeah. helps a lot. Jadeja is someone who who re- plays as a number seven. He's like Paul a lot in the way that he he shepherds the tail really really well, and uh, and that allows Pant to go and uh, to go and do that. I also think that Pant is a better player than Butt when it comes to to Red Bull. Um, he's with- he's a unicorn like Gilchrist.
2: We've got a load of questions that have come in, so we'll run through these very quickly. So short answers on all of these. Some of them probably warrant more than a short answer, but Oliver says, where do England go from here? Where does this latest collapse leave the coaches? Now, that's, a, that's an answer you can't do in a sentence, isn't it? I've, I've already given my 11 for the uh, next test match, so we can miss that a bit. Where it leaves the coaches is basically trying to do their job over the next eight days, isn't it, to try and get them back into some kind of shape ahead of the third test match, I guess?
1: They need to look longer term. For me, uh, contracts at the moment seem to come and go with Ashes series. Now that we've got the World Test Championship, it actually provides a, a little bit of the structure. A contract should be the two-year period of a World Test Championship and and or um, ODI World Cup, and
2: then you can reassess after that. I'd, at I'd the moment, it, I'd make it the four-year period of that four-year yeah. cycle. Oli also asks: um, Have we reached peak route now, man? Because I mean, Rooty went. Obviously, he's always been decent. His he's his curve has always been pretty much upward. He had a little bit of a, a stagnant year or or eighteen months, but he's batting rather nicely at the moment. Now, man, isn't he? He's
0: is at his peak and. Uh... I remember we had discussed uh, the same uh, when England toured India. We was discussing about his performance in Sri Lanka, and uh, we had raised our eyebrows uh, during India series as well because he is the only one contributing. And what when he fails, like who, who are the guys who will stand up? So uh, right now he is uh, loaded with so many things. He needs to captain uh, the side. He needs to play well. Uh, he is scoring yes more than 150s, but uh, there is going to be a time when uh, it will be too much for him. So the his load needs to be divided equally. He has been in ter- terrific form. And if you will see, I read today itself, uh, in this COVID times, he made uh, the ECB, bring him all the videos for the last two years. And he studied where he's going wrong. He studied his flaws and he has worked so hard on his flaws.
2: He's, he also and, um, he also yeah. studied Kane Williamson a lot man as well. He, he identified Kane as being somebody that was very well organised and balanced, and and watched him a lot, and uh, and took uh, took the good bits out of Kane Williamson. There's plenty of those as well. Pitch perfect cricket says, does in- India continue with the same team that they had in the second Test match, Neil, or do they bring in Shardle to cure if he's back fit again, or even Ashwin? Depends on the. Um On the conditions, we've got to a stage
1: where we have six really, really top class, almost all of them world class bowlers, plus Thakur, um, who I think will just be a backup. They now have the option of two uh, spinner, sorry, one spinner, sorry, no sorry,
2: spinner. Sorry, to, sorry to jump in, there, but Charlotte Takur bowled really nicely in that first test match. I thought he, I thought he was yep. really good. You go back um, how many years, say late 70s, early 80s with India coming to these shores, he would have been their spearhead because India had nobody else at the time. They used to bring a Charlotte Takur, they used to bring a Mark Elam type, and then they'd have three spinners. Whereas now, yeah. you've got a, a pace battery there.
1: Yeah, Shadow would be uh, taking off the shine before handing it over to uh, uh, yeah. to the four spinners. Um, well, three,
2: three overs at the start, that would be the last you see of him, yeah.
1: He's a backup now. He's uh, he's like Sam Curran should be for England. He's someone who can come in, if the conditions are right, do a really tidy job as, um, as the fourth bowler and provide a good batting option, yeah. but he shouldn't be any more. Um, he certainly shouldn't be. I don't think any of the bowlers, apart from maybe Bumrah, who is once in a generation uh, type bowler in England, no one should have uh, else should have their place guaranteed. It should be purely. Conditions um, merited.
2: Would you like to see Ashwin coming into the side now? Man, um, Headingley isn't the same as Paradise it used to be. The spin it does take spin. Old Trafford's known to be a spinning surface. We've seen Parkinson and Keady and the like enjoy themselves with Lancashire down the years. And the Oval could be um, helpful to spin as well. Would you like to see Ashwin coming back into the team?
0: I don't think so. Uh, maybe in Old Trafford, but I would like to bring in Umesh Yadav. I would like to bring him in place of Ishan Sharma. Nothing against Ishan, but I. Want to add one more bowler? Will consistently add one forty-five, bit a kind of uh, mark wood. So I will go for Ishantin for Umesh in place of uh, Ishan. Then uh, not even Shardul right now. I would like to add more pace battery right now uh, and just uh, allow them to go for the gate.
1: I'd go against that just uh, just because Ishan offers bounce, which I don't think Umesh does. Umesh is a bit skiddier in the same way that Shami and Bumrah are. So I think um, Ishan actually provides that point of difference which is why you can put up with him being lower 80s compared to the high 80s of everyone else.
2: Um, Anthony um, <laughs> says, um, why on earth do England pick batsmen with such terrible techniques when they have batsmen like James Vince? Now, I don't know how much of that is tongue-in-cheek because James Vince gets a lot of knockers on Twitter as well as a lot of support as well. I would bring James Vince back into this test side. You look at James Vince, every time he's stepped up a level, it's taken him a while to sort himself out and get used to it. But once he has done, he's he's been fine after that. I don't think England ever, really gave him enough continuity and enough time. You look at the amount of test matches Dom Sibley has had. You look at the amount of test matches um, Ollie Pope's had. And have they done any more than James Vince? No, they haven't. Is James Vince's ceiling quite high? Yes, I think it is. I think he's worth having another go with, Neil. Uh,
1: You're preaching to the converted there. Uh, I mean, imagine if Nathan Lyon hadn't picked up that ball so perfectly Back on that uh, that first test, uh, what what could have been? Yeah, he takes time to um, to get acclimatized, but then when he does, he has the technique to um, to excel. I would bring him back, um, especially because. No one else is covering themselves in glory. He's good
2: to watch as well. He's good to watch. And I'll tell you what, that one, I know it's white bull cricket, and I always say don't pick a test team off white bull form. But that century he got in the ODI, I think would give him a lot of confidence coming back into the test team too. Different format, but it's still a century in international cricket.
1: But didn't he score like a a runner ball 200 earlier this season for Hampshire? He's He's good. His recent Red ball has been uh, been pretty
2: handy. Um, he's, so- he's, a, he's a good player. He's a good player. And I yeah. I, I think people that... Uh, there's a lot of people say, oh, he's had his chance, um, didn't make it. He's obviously not good enough. That's a very quick judgment on if without actually really thinking it through, I think. J- uh, James Vince, I think, deserves another chance in Test cricket. Um, Rishi, this is more controversial, gentlemen. This is a little bit about Lords. Um, he says, the, why did the English audience show so much hate? Hate that word. I hate the word hate. Dislike. We'll use dislike. Why do the English audience show such so much dislike towards opponent players? Even they threw corks at K. L. Rahul when he was um feeling near the boundary. Now I think the K. L. Rahul thing, let's let's just nail that down first. There is a history over the last fifteen years, I'd probably even stretched his on long before that, of people popping corks on the ba- on the balcony and then dropping onto the outfielders you put that into google there's pictures dating back a long long time that is not a new phenomena i don't know if anybody was actually hurling them at him was was there any intent there now neil i think there was there was intent but not malicious intent i think
1: um i don't think english fans hate posing uh, um, opposing teams but i think lord's can attract a certain demographic who don't really care about what they're doing all the time. So being careful about where your cork is flying as you pop your third bottle of champagne that day um, becomes less of an issue. Oh, so that, I think it's... By, by then, I can understand why. It's it's more careless <laughs> rather than malicious. But KL did have about eight to ten corks around him, which um, made it seem like a bit of a wheeze to some people who'd had a few too many glasses
2: of bubbly. Totally different question, um, Naman. But should... What was his name? Uh, the guy that came on with his shirt on. The two. Al- Javo. <laughs> Javo. 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 Should Javo. Should Javo get a game for India next time round? No? <laughs> no, no, no. Maybe... Uh, as a foreign player in England, <laughs> what, do you, what do you reckon, Neil? Do you reckon sixty nine is worth with a test place?
1: Well, I mean, if we're determined to give up on Stuart Binney which I thought was a massive mistake anyway, then uh, then maybe Javo can come and take that place absolutely
2: uh, so. um, a couple more questions that we've got before we, we, we wrap it up today Ash has come but I, I tell you what Ash I think he's feeling guilty that his technology <laughs> um, let him down he's posted about 20 I can't get through all of these Ash really can't but he says Bracey Milan Vince Pope who would you have at three in order he says um, i basically have Milan at three Ash and I'd have Vince at number five I'd have Pope waiting his turn a little bit longer because he's got quite used to over the last year making pretty 22s and not kicking on and Bracey See, I rate a lot um, I don't think it was fair on James Bracey to come in and have two test matches knowing that he wasn't going to get another one for a long long time because Josh Butler was going to come back into the side and I think James Bracey is getting unfairly slated I don't think he made he covered himself in glory in those two test matches but you're watching for Gloucestershire he's a very good player as well and he's got a future at, at international level too um, Ankit says England team should play Jehovah oh I've already asked that Ankit I've already asked that um, instead of Sibley he's, Ankit's going for Java. Win- for Sibley, big time dwarf, um says same to Crawley, Sibley and Pope. Go get some form, and you'll have a chance. He's basically saying, um, send them back to the county game. Crawley, Sibley and Pope, go get some form in the county game, and it's not the end of the world. If you get dropped by England, go and get a load of county runs. Come back, you might be a better player, and you might enjoy it more next time around. If you're actually scoring runs in an international team rather than always being scrutinised and maybe on the chopping board, I reckon the um, scoring the runs bit might be a little bit more enjoyable as a, as a test experience um that's all we have time for we've actually run over today because we've had so many questions mainly from ash but thank you ash for trying thanks for neil and for naman good to see you naman as well and uh, we'll see you again soon and thanks for watching thanks for listening everybody and um, cricket badger podcast type it into google you'll be able to hear the audio version as well and if you're watching on youtube subscribe if you have listening on whatever podcast platform that you listen to it on subscribe on there as well it'll come straight into your ears straight into your eyes and you'll be able to keep up to date as we go through the rest of this series then it's the IPL then it's the ashes plenty more to come world 2020 cup that's everything we'll probably be, we'll be on probably twice a day at this rate if we carry on doing yeah. these daily podcasts thanks everybody and we'll see you again soon we're gonna have um tomorrow off and what's the date tomorrow it's um i mean, I mean on the wednesday it's- tomorrow wednesday and thursday off and then we're going to come back on friday for another version of the pod then. Thanks for listening. Join us after every day
1: of this England versus India test series. We will see you
2: again tomorrow.
3: Sports Social Podcast Network.